This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Alice Dempster. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Tuesday the 7th of March. In your Squiz today, the RBA considers another rate rise, a symbolic battle in Ukraine, AI health tech proves useful, and a young entrepreneur impresses. This is your Squiz today. Today's the day for our regular RBA chat, Claire. (laughs) The Reserve Bank Board meets today to decide on whether interest rates should go up again. Analysts say we could be in for another quarter percent rate rise, which would take the official cash rate to a 10-year high of 3.6%. And if that happens, it'll be the 10th consecutive hike made by the RBA as it battles inflation. Yep, first Tuesday of the month. That's RBA chat day. (laughs) Uh, And here we are. Um, Of course, where inflation is at is the real talking point. It's currently sitting at 7.4% and that's well above the Reserve Bank's target range of 2 to 3%. So some economists say that we're in for another couple of rate hikes, um, that that might happen over the course of this year, which would take the cash rate to about 4%, 4.2%, depending on what the Reserve Bank might go for. Um, others say, though, given inflation has started started to come down, uh, that the Reserve Bank might take a different tack, that it might not raise interest rates much more. I guess we'll have to wait and see how that all plays out. Um, Treasurer Jim Chalmers is one who reckons that inflation uh, hit a peak in December when it reached 7.8%. Um, that was the highest that it's been in three decades. Um, that's good news that inflation has started to come down, uh, but it also means that Australia's economic growth is slowing. Uh, figures out last Last week showed that our economy grew by just a half a percent between October and December, and that was down on previous quarters. Yeah, and Tasmanian Senator Jackie Lambie also spoke rather bluntly about the economic situation yesterday. She warned Aussies to be prepared for the worst in case the shrinking economy leads to a recession. She said people are holding on to every penny that they can. Yeah, and of course talk of a recession is very speculative. But what isn't a surprise is that many Aussies are feeling cost of living pressures. Uh, There's data, of course, that we see regularly about consumer confidence. But looking at it from a different angle is uh, stats that were released yesterday by Mental Health Service Lifeline. Uh, It showed that searches for help specifically relating to financial issues and homelessness were up by almost 50% between August and January. So clearly there is quite a bit of pressure in the system. Yeah, and retailers have also noticed supermarkets Coles and Woolies say that customers are feeling the pain. Woolworths boss Brad Banducci says they've seen an extraordinary spike in the sales of discounted and home brand items. That's as shoppers try to keep their grocery bills in check. Claire, it's been a while since we've talked about the Rohingya Muslim minority who are stranded in refugee camps in Bangladesh, but 
A huge fire that broke out in the camp on Sunday has shone the spotlight back on them. Yeah, so just to take a step back, uh, Squizzers might remember that they fled from Myanmar after a military crackdown against them in 2017. It was a really dark chapter that the United Nations described as a textbook example of ethnic cleansing that drove them over the border to Bangladesh. Uh, There's more than a million who are living over about 3,000 hectares of a region called Cox's Bazaar. It's very overcrowded, it's unsanitary and human rights groups say that it's the world's largest refugee camp. Uh, And like you said, they're also very vulnerable to things like fires. And this blaze on the weekend has engulfed about 2,000 shelters, also about 35 mosques. Um, They also say that about 12,000 people have been left without any shelter and are technically homeless. No casualties have been reported, though, and the cause of the fire still isn't known. And for the Rohingya people, there's no prospect of returning home anytime soon. Conditions in Myanmar have only worsened since the military coup in 2021. Fighting over the eastern Ukrainian city of Bakhmut continues, Claire. For those who have seen or heard the name but don't know much else about it, analysts say that a win in Bakhmut for either side isn't strategic, but given how long Russian and Ukrainian forces have fought there, it would be symbolic. Yeah, that's right. And in recent days, Russian forces have surrounded the city. Uh, It's got a pre-war population of about 70,000. What they say today is that there's just a few thousand people left there. Uh, So it really is a bit of an attempt by Russia to really claim that city. Mm. Um, As you say, not necessarily strategic, but it's a street fight that they're going to have. Um, The The battle has taken on this sort of symbolic importance because if Russia does prevail, it would be their first major victory uh, since last July. Uh, A win in Bakhmut would also be significant for the Wagner Group. Uh, They're the group of private Russian mercenaries uh, that have been leading the attack. And just on that, the UK's Defence Department recently claimed that Wagner fighters are short on ammunition. They say that they're using shovels for hand-to-hand combat. Whatever happens in Bakhmut, Ukraine is expected to launch its own offensive in the coming weeks. It feels like discussions over the way artificial intelligence is changing our lives have been everywhere this year, and now they've moved into the health space. It turns out AI is picking up cancer in breast screenings that human medical professionals have missed. Yeah, it really has been a theme of 2023, (laughs) hasn't it? Artificial intelligence. Uh, And look, when it comes to things beyond these large language models like ChatGPT, medical testing really is quite a frontier that has a lot of opportunities and also a lot of challenges. Uh, In Hungary, there's been testing some technology on real-life patients and there's actually been some really great results when it comes to breast screens. Uh, What they're doing is running mammograms through the model to see if it can pick up early cancers in a way that human radiologists aren't able to do Uh, and the results have been pretty good and so much so that actually clinics and hospitals in the US and Britain and Europe are also having a go at it Um, but there's still a lot to go and a lot to be tested to actually roll it out more broadly. If there's 
any radiologists who are concerned about their jobs. Professor Constance Lehman from the Harvard Medical School says they will always be needed, but there are tasks that are better done with computers. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super. As one of Australia's largest profit-for-member super funds, they have a range of helpful tools, like their My Retirement Planner, which allows you to see how much you'll need for retirement and provides an easy-to-understand plan of how to get there. And better still, it's free for all. Read the PDS and TMD at aware.com.au. Claire, Tommy Lee's been in the headlines, although it's probably not the one most people would immediately think of. (laughs) Rather than Pamela Anderson's ex, we mean eight-year-old Tommy Lee from Geraldery, which rhymes very nicely, in regional New South Wales. (laughs) Yeah, Tommy Lee from (laughs) Geraldery. It really surely is a bush ballad in the making. Um, Tommy Lee trains sheepdogs, if it could get even more Australian. Um, Recently, he became the youngest seller at the jewellery working dog auction uh, and he got $5,500 for his sheep dog named Echo. He's been training him for quite a while. Uh, don't <laughs> worry, it's not a story about a boy who's lost his dog and sold it and feels all very remorseful. Echo has been sold to a friend, so that's good news. Uh, also, Tommy is really clear about what he's going to do with the cash. Uh, he has a one-tonne ute that he wants to get fixed up. Yeah, just for context, the ute he means is a HZ Holden. So if any squizzers can source a more Aussie story this week, we might even shout you a Bundy and Coke at the Geraldery pub. Squiz the day, Claire. What do you have your eye on today? Look, I reckon we forget squiz the day. We've got news. Siobhan has had her baby, which is very exciting. Uh, A little baby boy, all is well. Uh, She sent a beautiful photo through yesterday and everyone looks very happy. So we're just really thrilled for Siobhan and for the team there. That is very lovely news. Congrats to Siobhan. And that wraps us up this morning. Thank you for listening. We'll be back in your ears tomorrow. Hello, it's Bryce here from Squiz Kids. Kids and fiscal policy go together like peaches and cream, which is why we're excited to present a special Squiz Kids Q&A this week with Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers. It's the podcast where the kids of Australia get to ask the questions. Tune in to Squiz Kids today to find out how the notorious B.I.G. has helped shape next week's budget, why the Treasurer considers himself more of a three-pointer than a slam dunker, and why his toenails will be painted with glitter nail polish next Tuesday when he stands in Parliament to hand down the budget. Plus, there's a cheeky question in there about his leadership ambition. All part of our mission to engage kids in the wider news agenda. Check it out in the Squiz Kids podcast feed or via squizkids.com.au.